I'm Dr. Lara Devgan. I'm a plastic surgeon in New York City, the CEO of Scientific Beauty, and of course, a major beauty enthusiast. You are listening to Beauty Bosses, where we chat with fellow industry leaders who are shaping beauty, fashion, wellness, and all things pretty. Hi everyone, I'm so excited about this episode of Beauty Bosses because I'm here with someone who's hilarious and a personal friend of mine and a pretty major YouTube personality, Shallon Lester. Hi. Hi, so Shallon, you are really awesome because you've made a niche in YouTube in the world of like dating, relationships, love advice, kissing. Oh yeah, kissing. Um, Tell us, so YouTube is like, kind of the coolest OG form of social media. So tell us about your YouTube channel. So my YouTube channel is focusing on like college millennial dating advice. So everything from how to spot a fuck boy to what to do if you're being <laughs> ghosted. Cause you, you think that that's only an issue like an 18 year old would have. No, 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 my friend. Douches are douches until the day that they die. And actually, I found that like guys who get older, they get better at it, so they're worse. You know, like because when, they've figured out they how figured to be out. like a wolf in right. sheep's clothing, yeah. like a virus. They adapted. Oh my god! So, and younger guys, like if you call them out, I find that they're more likely to modify their behavior. Like I date younger guys, and I'm like, don't do that, and they're like, oh, oh my god, okay. So it's <laughs> like they're, you know, they're a little bit more trainable. So I focus on you know dating stuff like that, and then love lessons from pop culture, like red flags from Jordan Woods' interview with Jada Pinkett Smith. Like, she was just so yeah, obviously let's right. talk about that. This is not <laughs> where I was intending it. to go with this, but I feel like it's... People want to know about the current events of our era. Yeah. So yeah. what is the deal with Jordan Woods, and what did you think of that interview? I thought it was really manipulative, and there were a lot of red flags that she wasn't <clears throat> being super truthful. There was a lot of, like, lying by omission and deflecting. Like, she would use... A lot of victimizing phrases like or like stuff to put distance between herself and any sort of personal responsibility like well you know everyone goes to after parties in LA like okay maybe they do but maybe they don't go to a party hosted by their friends cheating baby daddy you know like maybe if that was me I would text my friend be like yo your man is having a house party with a lot of girls like do you want to come down here? Do you want me to like live stream the whole thing for you? Like I wouldn't sit on his lap <laughs> at that party. So there was a lot of like, you know, victimization and blaming other people and trying to normalize things. But at the end of the day, it's like, girl, you hooked up with your friend's man. Like that kind of is what it is. Yeah. That wasn't, was not a good idea. That was not a good idea. No. No, and I think she's paying the price. You know, I mean, she's really getting, like, raked across the coals publicly, like, probably more than she deserves for sure, and that's just such... Yeah, what about him? That is what bothers me. It's like, you know, society still kind of defaults to this, like, well, boys will be boys, you know, and especially him, because he's a chronic cheater. He's never not been cheating on her, on Chloe, and so it's like, well, we expected this, you know, and that's true, because he's a garbage person, but... I feel like I'm bringing my language and vocab to the next level during this interview. No, you're bringing it down. (laughs) You're talking to me. All my patients tomorrow are going to be like, God, you're much cooler than the last time I saw you. And they'll be like, yeah, well, I'm not a garbage person. Right, exactly. I'm not Tristan Thompson. So I got that going for me. So 
you started your career, actually you've done a lot of different things, mm-hmm. but um, you were um, really well known as a former editor of Star Magazine. Yes, I did that for a long time. I was at Star for almost seven years, which is crazy. So I recently left and I've written two books, you can find them on Amazon, and I was on uh, a reality show on MTV, I had my own show a few years ago called Downtown Girls, so that was fun. So yeah, I've kind of done a lot of weird but fun, but fun things. A lot of late nights, a lot of hangover. And you kind of feel like, uh, this is interesting because we were talking about this offline, but um, am I correct in saying that you feel like YouTube is the future? I do. Like, you know, I don't think anything's ever going to like unseat YouTube. I mean, maybe I'm biased and I like have to believe that. <laughs> you know, but like people Drink who are the on, I'm going to <laughs> drink it and advertise. But like Vine, you know, there's so many celebrities who became famous off Vine, like Brittany Farlin and Cameron Dallas, and then like that app just shut down one day, like their career just evaporated. Like they managed to pivot, but a lot of people didn't. So, you know, people who are like, I'm an Instagram influencer, like that's amazing and it's hard to do, but it's scary to think maybe if some new app comes along, there goes your career, you know? But, and I think YouTube has established itself that hopefully that's not gonna happen. But I've also heard that more millennials, young millennials and college students are consuming, they're watching programs more on YouTube than they are on cable. I believe that because I think TV is kind of over. Everybody's always talking about print media being over, which, you know, I still like. Print media is not going anywhere. Yeah. There's always going to be a market for that. But TV is super over. Like, have you ever tried to watch a program with commercials? I do. And you're like, how do I get through this? Yes. I I do it now. Like, I I work from home now and I'm obsessed with Matlock and Murder She Wrote. Please don't turn this podcast (laughs) off. I swear I'm not this length. (laughs) Like, I have to watch it on TV. And it's like, you get these four minute long infomercials about medicine. Every single commercial is about a drug. I know so much about Zeljans, like I don't even know, like I don't need it, but I know about it. Do you know that there's only two countries in the world that allow um, you to advertise medicine on TV? Do you know what they are? The US is one. United States and? Guess. You'll never guess. I don't have any idea. Turkey. New Zealand. Really? Yeah. So if you're looking to escape these weird commercials... Do not go to New Zealand. Do Isn't not that go. weird? Yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the whole concept of direct to consumer marketing of drugs is totally problematic. Yeah, like, what when a patient. About that? Yeah, when yeah. a patient comes in here and they'll like, and they're like, I'll take five units of Dysport right here mm-hmm. and half a syringe of Juvederm Ultra Plus mm-hmm. right here and this and that and. I think that that's a recipe for disaster, honestly. It's not the same thing as going to Burger King and getting your way every day. You know, you need to, like, defer to the judgment of the person on the other end of the Mm -hmm. knife or the needle who's kind of helping you understand what's best for your anatomy, your desires, your unique characteristics. So I think it's very weird. I can understand why people want to feel informed about their health. And, you know, you obviously have an extreme background in medicine. My mom was a nurse. So it's like, I feel like when I go to the doctor, I'm not like so lost and so overwhelmed, but so many people are. So it's like, if they feel like they have something to contribute to the conversation, it makes them feel like maybe they have more agency in terms of what's going on with their health. But yeah, I think it's a slippery slope and it's like, I want this because it has a commercial with a funny bouncing ball that talks and that's going to help my depression. You're like, okay. Okay. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Um, Okay, I want to talk about, so on this podcast, we like to talk about people's journeys professionally. Mm -hmm. Um, So I want to 
have you talk a little bit about how you got started as a YouTube influencer. So I had my reality show, Downtown Girls, and the theme was kind of like real life sex in the city and I was the Carrie Bradshaw. It was only on one season because it was more city and no sex. It was like kind of boring, so so it didn't really last. But like it was not called City and the Sex. So it was not just a lot of buildings and (laughs) outside shots. (laughs) But on it, like I was it was sort of chronically my journey as like a young single girl in the city and I was writing for Glamour at the time, like doing a column on that. And girls were emailing me like, oh, I have this problem with guys too, or what do you think about this? And so it just kind of evolved of like me giving advice. And I'm not a therapist, I'm not a psychologist, but I am like the girl in the trenches with you. You know, like I'm the big sister who's done the tour of duty in the dating scene and I've learned and I'm trying to spare people from going through the same thing. So from there, it just, it made sense to do um, my own channel. And then I partnered with this channel called Howcast. They do like how-to videos and everything like, how to bathe a cat, to how to change your transmission, or I don't even think you change your transmission, whatever, cars, and I do, car stuff. <laughs> boy, car stuff, and so I did a series on kissing, like how to kiss, and it was just like me making out with this male model all day, it was the best, and apparently <laughs> I heard a rumor that this is like the quintessential kissing yeah. how-to video in existence. In existence, yeah. Like, the top videos have, like, 45 million views, 35 million views. Like, you don't think there's that many bad kissers out there who are Googling things, how to kiss nice and hard, but there are. <laughs> so, <laughs> hopefully, I'm making them better one smooch at a time. So, that kind of also bolstered my channel and you know, made more sense for me to develop my own. And and that's really where I want to take it. You know, I want to do that full time and just be able to like connect with people. I answer questions from my followers all day long. They're texting me right now. Like they text me on this app called Instant Go. So I'm like awake at 6 a.m. talking to girls about their problem, talking to guys. And it's great. Like, you know. And most of the people that you're interacting with are what demographic and what age group? My audience is 18 to 34, so it's like a lot of college girls, girls just out of school, but there's definitely some teenagers. You know, I get 15-year-olds being like, this guy is asking me to send nudes, what do I do? And I like, I just want to like drive to her just house. Just say no. Yes, <laughs> you say no. You say no at 15, you say no at 25, you say no at 85. No, it's trophy hunting. It's not a compliment. So, and then I get some... I like that. Yeah. That is so right, by the way. Because like, the internet is full of naked... People. Like, if a guy just wants to see something naked, it's a Google search away. He's asking you to see what he can get you to do. You know, and that is not a compliment. But teenage girls, you know, I mean, college girls, young women, my age, like, you don't know that. You think, like, oh, that's so flattering. But it might not be within the purview of your boundaries. And, like, guys will shame girls. You know, one, actually several girls, like teenage girls, have said that guys will threaten to get them kicked off Instagram or something if they don't send him nudes. Like, that's crazy. I know. They're like little terrorists. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm so glad that there is a voice of reason <laughs> and coolness mm-hmm. that's like not a school marm, yeah. but somebody who's actually like a peer in the trenches. Yeah. Who's helping all of these young women and men mm-hmm. just figure out themselves. Because that's a time in life. Don't you think that time from 18 to 34 is such a plastic time where you really think you know who you are, but you don't know who you are. That's such a good term, a plastic time. Yes, that is. Yeah, and even, you know, I get questions from women in their 40s, and it's shades of the exact same things that 
20 year olds are sending me like this guy is ghosting me and you know what does he mean and he only texts me when he's traveling and you know and then when he's here he doesn't want to meet up it's like he's using you to pass the time and relieve the boredom and boost his ego and that happens at every age group and we all have to be vigilant like the worst thing you can do in dating is think that you've got it all figured out you know are there kind of like modern rules of dating that you think people should adhere to so my rules are actually a little bit old-fashioned. Like, I am not here for Bumble. I think Bumble is the worst app. I do not think we need an app where the entire inherent structure is boys. You Boys sit there, and you compete for their attention. No place else in the animal kingdom does that happen. You know? The lion with the mane, that's a man. The duck with the collars, that's a man. Like, those are males, and males compete for female Peacock attention. feathers, yeah. Peacocks, you know? So it's, it's flipping everything around and then girls meet a guy in there and they're like, I don't understand. He's kind of a douche. Like he's kind of a player. He's not really consistent. I'm like, yes, I know you met him on an app that specifically validates that behavior. So I, my theory is don't chase guys. Quality guys don't like it. A quality guy is going to come after you. They're a hunter. This is what they're hardwired to do. And like, I do enough. I do yeah. enough in this world. No one's taking something off my plate if I chase a guy. I just now assume the behaviors of a guy. So, cool. I get to, like, get dressed up, go out, pay money, risk my safety, meeting strangers on the totally. internet, you know? Yeah. And I get to do all, like, the setting up of where the date's going to be. And, oh, is this place good? And let me chase you. Let me message you. What? For what? I think it comes down to, like, women have been sold this idea that the worst possible thing that can happen to you is that you're single. Like, so you will do anything to avoid that. Like, that is the ultimate monster under the bed. It's like, I would rather be single and at peace and in dignity than chasing someone who's making me feel vulnerable and desperate and shaky about where we are. It's like, what, how is that good? How is that a comfortable feeling? Yeah, I know. That's, that's really unfortunate because I feel like a lot of people of all age groups are really tortured by you know, the angst of romantic relationships. So much angst. And a certain amount of angst is fun, you know? Like, it's, it's really like Jane Austen. You want to, like, gaze out the window in the rain and, and think about your broken heart. But, like, if that's your default state, like, no, that's awful. Because we only have so much energy and we only have so much time. And I would rather use my angst about, like, growing my channel, doing something with my career, doing something for my family, giving back to the world. It's like... I'm hemorrhaging energy towards something that's not giving anything back to me when I do it towards douchey guys and toxic relationships. Do you feel like um, when in your personal life when you're dating, is does it create kind of an interesting topic for conversation when guys find out that you are a dating and love and relationship <laughs> expert and like if they play their cards wrong, they may very well be an anecdote on your YouTube channel? You know, yeah, but I think it weeds people out. You know, guys who on some level, know that they are going to be that douchebag, they're going to probably take some steps back. You know, like they've got just enough self-awareness to know that like, you probably shouldn't tangle with me. But like quality guys are like delighted. Like my boyfriend is, he's contributed on some videos with me and he's like so proud that this is something I'm doing. And he, he's a quality man. So he wants other quality men out there. And he wants quality relationships, and he's a champion of women. So, he, you know, a quality guy's going to be like, yeah, you're doing good work. Get out there and do it. Yeah. yeah. What are some of your most popular videos aside from the mega viral how-to kiss Aside from the kissing, um, being ghosted, that's a big topic. Younger men is a really big topic. Like, that's, that's, those have 
done really, really well. Like, I think there's so much stigma with women about dating younger men. Yeah, why is that? I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, it's one thing when you're, you know, 17 and you're going for, like, the guy who's, like, 15. Because... A lot changes. A lot changes. A lot changes. So I get that. But it's like, I have questions from girls. It's like, they're 25 and they like a 23-year-old and people are, like, destroying them over it. Just, like, making fun of them. And I'm like, girl... My boyfriend's a decade younger. Like, get after it, you know? There's, who cares? As long as you're in the same, what I call, like, life arena. Like, yeah, if you're in college, you probably shouldn't date a high school. You're in two different places. If you're out of college, you might not want to date someone in college. Like, you're you're both experiencing, like, two different life arenas. But as long as you're in the same one, like, get after it, you know? Yeah, right. Younger guys are hotter. Hello. Because if you're <laughs> going to be a douchebag, have a six-pack. You know, don't be like paunchy and old and terrible. Have the decency to be hot. Oh my God, that's so funny. Well, because nobody criminalizes um, young women who date older men. So you mm-hmm. know, it seems highly hypocritical. Absolutely. And I think when you're a young woman and you're dating an older man, that is riskier. Like, you know, men can traumatize women emotionally, sexually, push them a little further than they want to go. Like, I feel like we've all kind of been in dynamics like that. And so that's not as prevalent when you have an older chick and a younger guy. It can certainly happen, but I think we should be more vigilant about dating older guys. You know, they can be a little bit more manipulative sometimes. So what do you do when you're being ghosted, by the way? Oof. That, you know, every ghosting is different. Every Every specter is different. But like, if you are in like a relationship relationship and someone has like ghosted you, I think that you can call them out. But I've always said like closure is something you have to give to yourself, you know, because if someone if you're looking for closure from someone who hurt you that badly, if they were able to give you that closure, you wouldn't be in the situation in the first place. You know, they would they would be communicative enough and mature enough to have like broken up with you like a human being. But if, if you're like, I can't move past it's like that's because you're dealing with like a man child like a nightmare person. So if you if you want to call them out, do it without hope that this is going to start a dialogue and they're going to be like, you're right, I'm sorry. And, you know, they might say that to get themselves out of hot water. They're just going to do it again. No one ghosts just once. Yeah. I, I feel like that's one of the most cruel things that you could do to it somebody. Is. Like not even give them the dignity of saying, listen, yeah. it's not working for me, goodbye. Yeah, I know. And, of course, there's like reasons why you ghost someone like there's logical reasons that you can understand it's like well you don't want to break up you're it's just cowardly and if we've ever had to break up with someone you know ghosting suddenly seems pretty appealing (laughs) I could just block this number but you don't because you've been in the situation and you have empathy for that situation you don't want to like do that to someone if someone is thinking about trying to make it on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice for how to have a successful YouTube channel or what goes into a good YouTube video? Yeah, there's a lot that, so you want a video that's over 10 minutes long so you can monetize it. You want really Wait, good- Wait, hold on. So if it's under 10 minutes, you what does that mean so you can monetize it? So I'm part of something called a multi-channel network. It's basically like a, like a group, and there's a bunch of different ones out there, but it it's almost like having a manager. So they run ads, they help to run ads on your page and they help me to like pick titles and description that are like SEO friendly so that people can search things and find your channel and stuff like that. So their advice is to, yeah, if you make something 10 minutes or longer, you can run 
more ads on it and it has a higher chance of getting promoted by YouTube, you really want to be consistent. Like if you say, I'm doing videos every Friday, you put that video out every Friday. Even if it's not the best video, YouTube's algorithm works based on consistency because they want people coming back to YouTube like you're watching TV. It's like I'm tuning into my show every Friday. So they, it's really helpful to be consistent. And um, yeah, cover art is super important, like your thumbnails. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people, when they start a channel, that's kind of where they start. Like they hire a graphic designer before anything to come up with like really great thumbnails. I don't. I'm <laughs> determined to do it myself, <laughs> you know? So you do all of this stuff mm -hmm. on, what, what apps and stuff do you use? Or I do just, you do it on a computer? I use iMovie. Poorly. I'm not great at it. No, I feel like your videos are <laughs> no. really good. Uh, they're just like one take. You know, it's just me sitting and talking. You know, I don't have notes. I don't have a and script. And what's the sort of the, the setup if someone's doing like a little behind the scenes? Do you have a special ring light or do you mm -hmm. have a microphone? Like tell us the stuff you have to get to be good. <laughs> I feel like I need tips. So I have a little microphone that just plugs into my iPhone. And yeah, I have a ring light on a tripod just like you have over there. And it's, I really was underestimating the power of the ring light. Like it really does make you look so much better. It makes everything look so, so nice. And then, yeah, I just add a little background music on, on my iMovie and an end card and a thumbnail and get it on up. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. And so how frequently do you post? So I definitely do one every Friday, but I've had more time lately. So I've been trying to do them like every other day. It's winter. I don't want to leave my house. I'd rather stay inside and talk about Jordan Woods and like chat with people on the internet. So yeah, I'm trying to do it as much as possible and it, it's really going well. Like I've gained about 10,000 subscribers in like two weeks. That is ridiculous. Yeah. That's a lot. It is because people are more judicious about who they subscribe to on YouTube versus like who they follow on Instagram. Like you can follow a thousand people on Instagram, but you, no one is subscribing to 10, you know, a thousand channels of TV. You know, you pretty much have like a small amount of things you want in your feed on YouTube and what you're actually going to watch. So it's a kind of a better metric. And YouTube's the cleanest metric because you can't buy followers, you can't buy likes. It's like, it is what it is. Yeah, it's like, are you viewing this video? Yeah. Is a unique account mm -hmm. subscribing to this? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I feel like that's good because so many people game the system. Like they, it's I just I know. It's almost embarrassing that people can't tell that everybody knows that their I know. stuff is fake. I know. It's like ten thousand followers. Hmm, eleven likes. Yeah. That's like, interesting. Guys, we know that that's not right. I know. I know. And it's sad. It's it's like but everyone wants to feel popular and everyone's looking for a metric that tells you that you are. Yeah. You know, like everyone wants that blue check mark because it's like, I am popular. People like me, you know? <laughs> and so like, you can't blame people for doing that. We're pack animals. It's like in our nature, but at some point, yeah, it crosses into the, into the sad. Into the not so ideal territory. Right. It's like, no, I don't like you now on purpose because you're buying followers. <laughs> I know, right? And it's sad and weird. Um, so in terms of what, what. Um, what you're doing to make YouTube into a business model. Do you have any tips for YouTubers out there who are like, how do you make a living on YouTube? So you can make a living based on the monetizations um, with like your multi-channel network and you don't necessarily have to have one, but it, it helps like you can reach out to, you can just Google them and reach out to them and be like, Hey, you know, I, I would love to be part of your channel network and see what they say. And, but it's good if you have like other things that you're doing, like, People contact me on the Instant Go app and they pay $10 to get connected with me and to chat with me. And I mean, 
people are like, ah, oh, you have to pay. It's like, well, you have to pay for a latte at Starbucks. And a latte isn't going to change your life. It's not going to help you with your boyfriend. It's not going to help you with your toxic siblings. Like, and you acknowledge that and you still buy it. So it's like, you know, you get what you pay for. And it is hard, I think, especially as a woman, to like monetize yourself and to say like, no, my time, my advice, my whatever has a value. Well, it's just like dating. You can't yeah. give it away for free. You can't give it away for free. You know, but people make you feel guilty. Everyone wants something for free. And it's like, well, who am I to like put a price on myself? Who's going to want to buy this? But, you know, you got to. And I think the Kardashians have been good at that. And, you know, it's like there have been so many people out there. It's like, oh, Yes. Like, my time and what I'm doing, everything I do has a price. You want to be in my video? That's got a price. You want your product in a gift guide? That's got a price. What um, What do you think about um, internet trolls? Like, do you have uh, people... Oh. Do you, do you oh. have people who are trolling you oh. on, like, your Instagram or your YouTube? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So there's this community of men that people refer to as incel, I-N-C-E-L, which is, like short for involuntary celibate. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a very nice euphemism. (laughs) Right, very nice. And that is, if you read the things that people wrote, like I did a video on Bumble, like why I hate Bumble. And I don't hate dating apps. Like I like Tinder, you know, there's a new app called Cove, which I think is really cool. And the comments I got, I, I would pull them up, but they are so vile. One of them said, I hope you get raped by a Muslim. What? What does that even... And it's because I said, hey, I don't think women should reach out for... You know, I wasn't like, get the pitchforks, ladies! Like, it wasn't some crazy, over-the-top message. It was encouraging women to have self-respect and boundaries. And there is an enormous pool of people who very strongly disagree with that. And it's like, I mean, those comments, they upset me for weeks. Like... that's it's, crazy. You should crazy. almost call the police for stuff like that. You know, right? like, yeah, that is an issue. Like YouTube doesn't do, and no social media platform, they don't do a great job of protecting their their creators from stuff like this. Like you can report someone, but you don't ever get notifications like, yeah, they've been kicked off the platform. Like they've they've been banished off this corner of the internet. It's just like, okay, like report taken. And I can take it, but it's like I have young women on my channel reading this stuff and being like f you this you're gonna die alone and you're a slut and you're a pit i mean the worst things you can say it's like how are you this gassed up over a youtube video dude it's horrible right i experience stuff like that on my instagram feed which is well not necessarily for me personally but people say very cruel and body shaming things about the patients who have you know, very kindly shared their yeah. own experiences, but it's like totally out of line. Like yeah. making comments about someone's body habitus <gasps> or how they look or saying that someone's not attractive or that they need to go to the gym. Or It's just so completely out of line that I have limited free time, but whenever possible, I delete all of those comments because it's just kind of like this theory of graffitiing a mm. wall that if you don't whitewash the wall it's just going to get polluted with more and more graffiti that's a really but good point i don't know though mm-hmm. i mean i've had other guests on this podcast and friends and other people tell me the exact opposite that you know i had jill kargman on yeah. the podcast who's like hilarious and i love her she's the funniest um and we were talking about internet trolls and she she said that her response is um 
Thank for thanks for the impression, asshole. <laughs> yeah, like that's what I end up saying to these dudes. It's like your comment just made me money. Like you're, I'm sharing an opinion because it's making me money. You're sharing an opinion because you're a loser and an adult virgin. So who's who's the real bitter person here? It's not me, sweetheart. But you know, it's it's funny. It's like the people who are writing stuff like that on your page. It's like, and same with the people who troll me. It's like people like you and I and your patients and so many other creators. We're sticking our neck out to make the world better. You know, in our little niche that we've carved out, it's like, you're trying to help people and you do, I'm trying to help people. And all these people can do on the other end is just sit back and like, you know, trash talk. And it's like, well then what are you contributing exactly? Like we're here being brave and not, we're so brave, you guys. Where's my Congressional Medal of Honor? You know, but like, when you have comments like, oh, I hope you get raped by someone. Like, that's like never acceptable. That is no, like, it's not acceptable. It's totally out of line. Right. So it's like, and just shaming someone for their body. It's like, all right, bitch, like, what are you doing? You know, like, what exactly. are you doing to contribute positively to the world that you know so much? So it's hard, definitely. And you especially, it's like your poor little patients. Like, you must feel just like a mama duck. Like I totally do. Them. I yeah. think it's completely crazy. And I think that um, people are so... Um, uh, they're so interested in participating in a worldwide community, and I think that's the amazing thing about mm-hmm. all of the reaches of the internet. Mm-hmm. But the dark side of the internet Ugh. is that you hide behind a little screen at home, and it brings out in some people very unappealing behavior. Yeah, and like I'm sorry that whoever's leaving these comments feels like this is their only voice that they have in the world, is their only sense of personal power and agency, but like yeah. it isn't. And the pity. And the empathy for that is pretty narrow. Like when you're, it's, I understand that feeling, but like you don't get to just turn it on the world and be a complete jerk. Yeah, totally. Um, what kind of projects are you working on next? So I'm trying to build my app. I'm trying to build my own app, do more YouTube stuff. I really want to write a book this year. I'm going to call it Girl on Top. That's the name of my podcast, which I want your podcast tips, actually. Now it's time for me to for you. <laughs> I feel like podcasting is, is the wave of the future, but the future's already here. So, yeah, I'm hoping to launch my podcast, you know, in the next few weeks. Podcasts and... are the best because, like, I think it's the counterpoint to the three-second Instagram viral videos mm-hmm. where people want to delve deep and get a little bit long form and, you know, they want to do something while they're commuting and while they're thinking about other stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, my question for you, how do you carve out a podcast niche? Like, this podcast is insanely popular. So, like, how did you, do you promote it? Like, how do you... Yeah. I mean, I just... <laughs> um, yeah, I, like, you know, I have asked a bunch of cool, awesome people mm-hmm. that I know. A lot of the guests on the podcast are people like you who mm-hmm. are um, my friends and other female founders and um, and also male founders, mm-hmm. but, like, just people who are doing really cool things in the space of beauty, wellness, media, press, um, related fields. Mm-hmm. And I think that's my advice to anyone, whether they're thinking about a podcast or, you know, a YouTube channel mm-hmm. or a business or whatever is... Just do it, get it out there, listen to your feedback, iterate, and then get your 2.0 out out there. I I learned that from um, uh, James Sun, who was a guest on my podcast last month. Yeah, and I I thought he was so awesome because he, like, I think I literally just cribbed what he told me. (laughs) Um, So, sorry, James, (laughs) but it meant a lot to me. Um, But he was like, I asked him, like, what's your advice? And he was like, 
start, mm-hmm. listen to feedback, mm-hmm. iterate, and get your 2.0 out there. That's great. Like, quote, unquote. That's great. James Sun. <laughs> James Sun. Doing it. Doing it, right? Because, like, you just start. Yeah. You know, I also think something people should do is pick their niche. And I... I I get questions from girls. Like, I offer to look at people's social media profiles. I made a mistake of pointing that out there one time, and I have, like, hundreds of people. It's like, can you look at my Instagram? Because, you know, in this day and age, like, your Instagram is, like, a commercial for you. It's your digital front door. It, oh, that's good. Ooh, yeah, your digital yeah. front door. I love Put me on that. On your podcast, you can be like, Lara Devkin said it was your digital It is. And so many girls are like, I want to be an influencer. I'm like, okay, well, in in what like you have to like that is that comes after the expertise and the specialty you know like it's like I'm gonna be an athlete it's like cool what What sport I don't know just athlete you're like no 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 no. you gotta pick a sport (laughs) so that's a great analogy mm, like I'm gonna be a cook it's like what so like pick what it is you're organically good at. It's like not what you think is necessarily going to make money because you, I'm sure you see like these influence who, influencers who just do like the most random things. Like, have you seen the guy? He's a gay guy and he loves to hike and he wears these like crazy thigh high boots on top of mountains. Like who would have thought that's a job, but it is. And he takes these like really like fabulous, like kinky boots, diva-esque like oh, photos, awesome. like, yeah, like scaling a mountain or something, but it's like. That's just what he loves to do, and he's documenting it, and people are like, that's awesome, you know? So, I'm not saying you gotta scramble up a mountain in Stuart Weitzman's, but whatever your mountain is, scramble up it, you know? Yeah, I love that. <laughs> um, well, this has been so fun. This I feel so like fun. we could chat all day long. We might. Um, we could, <laughs> maybe offline. Um, where can people find you? So people can find me on YouTube. My name is Shallon Lester, so just that. And I'm on social media at ShallonXO. And you can find me on the Instant Go app. My username is ShallonXO, and you just click chat. We'll get connected unless I'm asleep or watching Murder, She Wrote. I will get like, <laughs> oh. a hot cup of Sanka. <laughs> <laughs> I love Cafe Vienna. <laughs> yeah, I'll get right back to you, so it's great. Okay, great. Well, I want to close by asking you to philosophize on Ooh. something that I ask all of the podcast Ooh, guests okay. to speak on, which is, what does beauty mean to you? Ooh. Beauty, I think, just means figuring out the best version of yourself and going for it you know like if your best version of yourself is when you're traveling or when you're on your farm or when you're working out like embrace that because everyone is at their most magnetic when they're doing the thing that they love you know and whatever it is you love is is right and it's fine there is no wrong thing to love so do it and embrace it and you're most beautiful when you're blocking out like when your mind goes quiet and you're in that space you're just like i'm cross-stitching or I'm baking (laughs) or I'm like, you know, blacksmithing. And that's when you just glow from within because you're self-actualized and you're reaching the peak of your potential. Also, glossy lips. (laughs) Right? I know. Try my lip plumper. It is Uh, so good. (laughs) Try the lip plumper. Um, Okay, and then I have to ask you one last question because you led this interview with a little teaser saying that you have this great video about how to identify who 
a fuckboy is. Oh. And I, I just, I feel like people aren't going to be happy if we end this podcast without oh throwing them in. That's right. I'm so sorry, you guys. Like, I never <laughs> Everyone's been on the edge of their seat <laughs> waiting for me to say a bad word, which I try not to do. I'm sorry. I come on here I, I was like, F word. I feel like a little embarrassed, but I said it. No. So now I'm you have to tell sorry. us. Sorry. No, it's okay. We already have an explicit rating. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Explicit. Yeah, beauty bosses are, you know, they get got some it. stuff to say. Spicy. So an F-boy is... I'll try to say it. Oh, no, say it. Say it. Say so it. a fuckboy, I think a fuckboy is a guy who... So my theory is there's only a few categories a woman can fall into, right? You know, you're a friend, you're a booty call, you're a girlfriend. And guys look, oh, she's crazy. Women act crazy because you treat them like they're in a different category than they're actually in. If I'm your girlfriend, don't treat me like a booty call. If I'm your friend, don't treat me like a booty call. You know, like, if I'm your girlfriend, don't treat me like a pal. It's like whatever category someone's in is fine, but you all have to be on the same page about it. So a fuckboy is going to, like, miscategorize you in terms of behavior. He's going to be inconsistent. He's going to ignore your boundaries. He's going to be last minute. He's going to be named Chad. <laughs> Sorry, Chad. Sorry, Chad. You lose this one. <laughs> it's official. You heard yeah. it here first, Chad and Lester. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for being here, and this was really fun. This is so fun. <laughs>